Welcome to The Lex Factor, a lawfully good podcast where we'll brief you on the business of law so you can build a better practice and capture more billable hours. All right. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Lex Factor. It's your host, Lauren, here. And your co-host, Brad. Thank you for the clap. One day when you don't clap, I'm going to be sad. I know. We got in this habit of clapping all the time now, and now he expects it. It makes him feel more manly, and I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but... <laughs> I just, you know, it's just nice to be recognized, you know? It is. We appreciate you. We really you. do. I appreciate that. Um, Talking yeah. about appreciation, do Ooh. we have a do we have a guest today? Ooh, that was a nice tie-in. It was a segue. We do. Um, believe it or not, Sarah Rutan Bates is here again with us today. She's the Director of Legal Operations and Training again here at Lexicon. You guys remember her from last time. We talked a lot about training, and we really wanted to dive deeper into operations and everything really needed to give you that entire picture. You know, you have the training, you have the right staff in place. Now, what do you need to do on a firm operational standpoint to really get yourself going where you want to go? That day to day. Yeah. This is where the rubber hits the road. Yeah. Yeah. I've been looking forward to this episode. Have you? Tying them together. For how long? For about a week. Well, you're like a process guy. Yeah. I I do like process. Processes are nice. It is important. Yeah, it is. Why don't you tell us about it? Like, what's on your mind about this? And, you, you know, know what, though, too? What? Before she goes there, you never really told us about yourself last time. That's oh. true. You should tell well, us about yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. I'm sorry, Brad. I didn't mean to, like, cut you off. No, that's okay. No, I, I want to know a little bit this. more about this. I was Sarah. wondering if you guys were going to ask. So <laughs> She had a whole story written, and we didn't even I ask. Know. I really, I mean, I like long walks in the park, Aww. reading books, a little glass of wine at sunset. Mm. Yeah. Just one. That's nice. What kind of books do you read? I I really hate all of those things except the wine and the books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, you'll be shocked. I I, lead, I read a lot of true crime. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, murder mystery, kind Crimes of legal crime. suspense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Um, no, so backstory. I have worked in law firm environments, if you will, or worked with law firms for 15 years. Mm. Yeah, it was one of those, took a job, you know, kind of... Um, when I was going through college and I loved it so much and just said, this is what I have to do with my life. What that was, I did not know immediately, <laughs> right? Um, but anyway, so I I moved into a paralegal role, which was great. And then I was just incredibly blessed mm-hmm. and worked my way up very quickly into you know more of leadership components. And, and it's just kind of grown from there. So been able to really get my hands on a lot of processes, a lot of training, um, a lot of leadership components. So it's it's exciting. And I think what it boils down to for me, guys, it's it's the people. You know, it's what you're able to reinvest in them and just watch them grow and thrive. So that's where some of this like day-to-day kind of business operations, mm-hmm. you know, and how you define that for your firm, how it really ties into all of this. Would you say your early career really set the stage for you for, was it sort of looking at, you know, I, I want to do this better. Uh, I see how they're doing this. It needs to be better. And then you kind of took the bull by the horns and kind of ran with it. Is, is was, Would you define it that way? Or? Uh, yeah, I think my early career, I mean, I worked for a couple different types, if you will, of, of people, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, I certainly had not had experience in environments that were incredibly defined and what those expectations were, which sometimes I was great. You know, nobody wants to be micromanaged. So right. hear me when I'm saying that is not the intent of this. But 
Um, I think as I got older and expanded on my career, I knew that I really wanted to grow more. And I felt like for me personally that I work better when I have expectations. You know, what is expected of me, the people around me? Um, I like rules. You know, I can be a little defiant sometimes, just like everyone, <laughs> right? But uh, I like rules. And I, I just learned that people tend to operate better. And for me, that was just a better fit. And so I was able to take that and apply that and learn that a lot of people are actually like me, mm-hmm. you know? So I hear a little bit from our previous guest, you know, taking who you are as a person and uh, really making that a part of your career. Yeah, I that's think really Sarah true. Sarah did that. She did. Well, and like we talked about last time when Sarah was here, too. You're making yourself happy. So at the end of the day, you're going to come to work passionate, excited, and be willing to give more. Yeah. I'm also kind of like a control freak. <laughs> no, you don't so, say. <laughs> uh, type A personality is what I think I they call that. Yeah. Asked. So um, having rules in place works very well for me. Well, and it especially helps with that onboarding, too. When you're new, you know, you go into a new company, and maybe you like the idea of going into a place where, you know, you're not being micromanaged, and you feel like you can actually provide value, but it's so much easier to get right off on a good foot when you have some sort of rules and some sort of process to follow. Yeah, I think... um You know, especially, and I I certainly am not trying to have a blanket statement here when I say this, but again, from my experience, and I think from a lot of the candidates I've spoken with, or even people that I've hired, they come from environments where they say constantly, I don't know, you know, didn't really know what tomorrow was going to look like, you know, Uh, I knew I was supposed to do this, this and this, but it was kind of just up in the air. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, after a while, that becomes almost exhausting. Right. Because you're constantly questioning, is this right? Is this wrong? Should I be doing it this way? Am I going to get in trouble? You know, so, you know, my, my point behind all of that is really it ties back to culture again, you know, defining who you want to be. And we're not saying you should be micromanaging your people. They are not going to like that. No, not at all. Um, But again, you should be defining those expectations. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. But the first way I think is really important to have some type of handbook. So when people are coming into your organization, or even if they have been here for seven years, it does not matter. This applies to everyone. This is your overall handbook for your organization. It is not role specific, right? But these are the rules. If you don't follow these rules, you know, these are, I like to say, kind of the things that um, could potentially lead to you having different employment, you mm-hmm. know? And that's maybe harsh, but it's just factual. So people know the expectations, right? They know if you don't call out of work when you're not feeling well, there's probably going to be a conversation. They know that if you're having a performance issue, that you're going to sit down and get to talk through that with your manager. We're going to put together a plan for you. You are outlining who you are as a company and what you expect sure. of every single person that works for you. You know, I've, I've worked at several different companies, and I can tell you I don't it it doesn't matter the type of business it is. I've had conversation after conversation with management and I have the you know the topic of expectations how important that is. Mm-hmm. And you'll be surprised how many managers just throughout industries do not sit down and say, "Hey, in your role, this is what I'm looking for. I'm yeah. looking for you to be." Yeah. And they don't yeah. have to be cut and dry. Some of them can be, 
but some can be, you know, I'd like you to be a good communicator. Mm -hmm. I'd like you to grow in your skills. I mean, that's not cut and dry, but, and you can have some of those too, like you said, like call in when you're sick, things like that. But it's so important because until you establish that baseline, how do you know that you're making advancements? How do you know they're growing as an individual? It's so important. So I like that point. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people probably rely on a job description. They're like, hey, we wrote this job description. You applied for it. We interviewed, we talked about this is the role, this is what the role does. There's your expectations. Yeah. Right? You know what's funny? I've actually heard just from, you know, old colleagues or or friends of mine who are at other law firms that the job description that maybe you might find online when you're looking is maybe just something they threw together for that specific post. So when you actually get into the position and say, okay, that job description, right, that really drew me in, it doesn't actually exist. You know, there's no real foundation for what you and your role should be doing day to day. Again, that goes back to unknown. What's expected of me? You know, can you imagine that conversation now? You're, you're working for a new company and they come to you a few weeks in and say, well, you're not billing 15, 20 hours a week. What? Was I supposed to? Yeah. I didn't know that. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody told me that. Oh, my goodness. Um It really just job descriptions are so important because it's very, very specific to that individual or those group of individuals who are performing that function Mm -hmm. within your organization. And to Brad's point, they can grow beyond that. You can expect more from them, but this is your baseline, right? Right. Yeah. But a lot of companies don't have them Mm -hmm. or they're outdated. Yeah, that's true. As your organization grows, things change. I mean, A great example in the legal industry is you have a lot of people out there who are still very paper heavy. Makes sense. I get it. But as you're transitioning into the cloud, as you're becoming more electronic, right, you got to go back and look at those job descriptions. I mean, do they say little things like Mm. maintain the physical file, you know, that needs to be updated. So you should have audits on these things as well if they do, in fact, exist already. Yeah. I'm actually really glad that you said that, Sarah, too, because I think that in turn is going to affect the candidates that you're getting in. So say, you know, maybe you are still doing everything manual. You know, you haven't adopted practice management software yet. You have paper files and your job descriptions reflect that. Um, but you know there's an opportunity out there. You know there's an opportunity to grow, to bring on more clients, to enhance your operations, the job descriptions that you're putting out there may reflect your more manual processes. At the end of the day, you know that you want to grow, you want to adapt technology, but if you're not remembering to adjust your job descriptions, to adjust your marketing, the way you communicate with clients, all those areas, you're going to have some holes and you're going to be bringing in, you know, potential future employees that can't meet the goals that you're looking to achieve. Right. And then it just sets you back. Yeah. Because they're just, that's not how they operate. I mean, and I guess you could talk about doing some type of training, but still, I mean, don't don't set yourself back. You know, make sure you're looking at these things, you're keeping them up to date because it is going to bring in a much more qualified candidate pool for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a a great point. point. One thing that you said earlier, not to keep covering the topic of expectations, but I just think it's an important (laughs) topic. And you said something very key. You said, this is your base Mm -hmm. expectations. And I think that is so important because this is 
in this role, this is your base. Yeah. It, when they achieve this, it doesn't mean they're amazing. It means they're meeting that expectation and they can go well beyond yes. that. Yeah. So that's an important word that I think uh, a lot of times people don't understand that you're outlining your base expectations yeah. for the role. And, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Achieving expectations is good, but yeah. most people want you to go above and beyond. But it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. These are just the basic things we expect of you day to day. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is so important. Yeah. It kind no, of sets it's a, that foundation. Well, but then you kind of get to that next level, right? You have the right post out there. You brought in the right person. You've got, you know, your your company handbook. So your policies, your procedures, um, their job description, all that's good. But now what? Mm-hmm. Well, have you thought about defining what those goals and dashboards are? Which goals and dashboards, to me, they're different than your job description. These are the things that, I mean, your goals, you could say these are your goals. This is what you have to hit every single you know, year, quarter, whatever it mm-hmm. is for you. Dashboards could be the same thing, but they should also be pushing people to strive to get to that next level, right? To do even better. And us as human beings, right? We, we, we like that. Most of us like that. Right. We want to grow. If you mm-hmm. give me a goal, if you give me a dashboard, and then you turn around and you tell me I've just achieved expectations, game on. <laughs> like, no, never Bring again. It. Right? Come like, on, <laughs> it is only exceeding and above, right. you know? But, and you don't always have to tie a bonus to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it has to be understood that sometimes a, a bonus opportunity, maybe that does work better for attorneys because they bill more. That makes sense. But there are other things that you could do for your legal staff, especially. And maybe it's a gift card, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it is just a set bonus amount at the end of the year or you get extra PTO. Get creative. Right. I mean, really get creative. But Again, if you set goals, you set dashboards, if you've hired the right people, they are hungry, you have defined your expectations, they're going to work for it. Yeah. I mean, people want it. Right. And if they don't, maybe you didn't hire the right person, you know? Maybe you didn't. Yeah. Well, too, and you couple that with the training that we talked about from the previous episode. Yeah. You're helping them to achieve those goals, those metrics, those dashboards. Right. You put that all together, you know, it's a win-win situation. You're, you as a leader are helping the individual grow. That individual wants to grow, knows what they have to do to achieve it. And then, you know, they're hungry for reaching that next level. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time in law firms, attorneys a little different um, because you may hire somebody fresh out of law school. Maybe they've just taken the bar. But even that, They've probably been a law clerk, right? They have an understanding. But many times you're not hiring somebody who has no experience in these positions, you know? So they're probably going to be able to come in and in some sense hit the ground running on what those basic parameters are supposed to be for their job, right? But challenge people. Truly challenge people. Get them a little bit outside of their comfort zone. You know, don't be crazy and make it so unrealistic they can never achieve it because then you've just completely defeated the purpose and now they're mad, right? Right. But um, I think goals and dashboards, first, they can drive company metrics, which is wonderful. Um, But morale is a huge thing. And, you know, you hear it a lot that people say, well, um, you know, attorneys have bonus programs. Ladies and gentlemen, they should. <laughs> I mean, if you don't know how hard an attorney works and, you know, what they what they put on the line and what they deal with, you know, um, I'll just say it. You may not be in the right industry, but they should have that. My point is, though, um, 
that having those types of opportunities where your staff, though, where they also feel like they're going to benefit from all of their hard work, that's really important. Yeah. Really important. And a lot of people ask about it yeah. in the interview process. I can see that. Yeah. They want to be happy. They want to know that they're working for a place that, that values them, that sets expectations and sets them off in that right, you know, on the right foot from the yeah. get-go. Okay, so what I wanted to ask you, Sarah, we talked, we're talking obviously a ton about expectations to set expectations first and foremost, but how do you as a manager keep that going? Like how often do you check in on expectations? Is there a set cadence that says, hey, after this amount of time, we need to change expectations? Is it based on goals, Matt? How do you really keep the expectations engaged with your employees? So... I think it depends on your leadership style. Well, and it depends. Like, there's no right answer here because it's going to depend on the firm, your operations, the type of person working for you. But But clearly I'm going to tell you my way because I think it's the right way. Yeah. Um, No. Hey, listen, I think that if you're blessed with being a leader, you need to take a lot of accountability. You know, there, there is a lot that goes into that role. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is your people, right? right? Your, your success people. is your people's Absolutely. success. Um, I, I say that constantly, that I am not that type of leader who wants my name in lights. It actually embarrasses me. But if you want to put my people's name in lights, you better believe I am jumping up and down. You're screaming and in the light bulbs. <laughs> yes. Um, but you have to be committed to what you're doing. And what that means is that, first and foremost – Mm one-on-ones, they're so important. And I know sometimes you're just like, another meeting, Um, but they matter. They matter because even if you feel like you don't have that time, I guarantee that if you're working with individuals who are invested in their career, they care, Right, it matters to them. Well, just think about the employee that, you know, you go into a a meeting, you know, you're one-on-one, the person doesn't have time for you. How does that make that individual feel? Terrible. Right. Right. Small. Right. You have ignored. to. You have to give them time because you're helping them grow as individuals. Right. right. Spot on, Brad. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's so, but what else did you just do? You impacted their morale. Yeah. That's right. You Am know, I not worth it? That Am I not day. Doing, is there no hope for me? You right. Know? Right. That day. Right. What does thinking? my career look like? Yeah. There's lots of different avenues. Yeah. You know, not to plug this, so I'm totally not, but I wrote an article. <laughs> but I'm really not. Yeah. But I'm going to right now. No. <laughs> I wrote an article uh, with a colleague of mine not too long ago. Well, I guess a couple, maybe about four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. But in the very first uh, paragraph of that, I talked about people management and I said that it needs to be at least 95% percent of your time. Yeah. And I remember when I published that, people <laughs> in my art or people in the uh, company that I worked for, I mean literally, I think one person's comment was that made me sick when I read it. I oh. can't believe because they they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. And yeah. and it's just like what you said, Sarah, it's your team is what makes you successful. So you have to spend the time yeah. mm-hmm. with them to make them successful so you can be successful. Right. And that is missed on so many people. Well, and here's the thing, as leaders, we don't always hit the mark. We don't. We all make mistakes. I mean, I've had to cancel meetings. I've had to say, I'm sorry, I'm distracted. I'm sorry, I'm waiting for this phone call. But you know what you do in those situations? You apologize. You're honest with them. Mm -hmm. You remind them they matter. This is not about you. I am so sorry. The day is just chaotic, right? Mm -hmm. We are going to reconnect. If you need to talk about something right now or it's something I can answer via email, please shoot it to me. I'm going to get back to you. I can call you after hours. You know, try to make that situation better. 
You know, don't just walk away and say, yeah. oh, I just don't have time for this right hey, now. Sorry, I don't have time. Right. Because yeah. it matters. So one-on-ones are important. Mm-hmm. But I think that you should be really defining the objectives. Well, what are you talking about in those meetings? I hate more than anything. You get into a review and you are talking to this individual and it is a first time they are hearing there's a problem. Oh, that should mm. never be it should the never. Case. I haven't been known to completely stop reviews and say we are not, we're not continuing. This is unacceptable because you should be talking to your people constantly. I'm a firm believer that if you're constantly talking to your people on a regular basis, you shouldn't even have to have a review. Right. I, I, I think they're old school. I think they're outdated. See, to, the key to, to that, their own. the key to that, I agree with you a hundred percent on yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, preached that specific topic several times around, you know, if you're spending that much time with your employees, you don't even need the one-on-ones. I think you're absolutely right. The key is to get management to actually spend that time with them instead of taking that step of, I'm just canceling the one-on-ones. Yeah. You have to be spending that. You have to be you out there with them. To you them. have to be talking to them. You need to know what's going on. Be a part of the process and help them. Yeah. And if you really can achieve that, then I agree 100% one-on-ones yeah. are completely outdated yeah. and, 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 and not reviews. needed. They're, but that's don't. because you're getting everything that you need yeah. on and a day-to-day basis. Right. Yeah, they are too. Right. But, I mean, you got to define what are you talking about. And I'm not saying every conversation you have, there's going to be feedback, right? Yeah. But I will say this. When you know there's feedback that you need to give them, give it. And the sooner you give it, the better, yes. you know? Otherwise, you're going, I, I can tell you right now, uh, I had a leader once, amazing human being, absolutely amazing human being, but really was horrible at feedback, you know? <laughs> um I think nervous, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't know. Maybe I'm just an intimidating personality, but I'm, I'm um, a little nervous right now. <laughs> yeah, actually. right. You're always nervous, nervous really <laughs> nervous, and struggled with words, right? But the feedback constantly came. I say constantly, like I heard negative feedback all the time, or <laughs> constructive, but it was so delayed, and it's and, and sharing it, it with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, one time, yeah, it doesn't two months. Wow, and it almost was like a, huh. Did something happen that I said to you that just made you mad and then yeah. you like reverted back to like, that kind of been, deal? Yeah. So then what happens when you're not providing that feedback so quickly and constructively and factually mm-hmm. is then your team member starts to lose trust and faith in That's you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Real-time so, yeah. feedback is so important. Yeah. Well, and imagine right. that team member. They're like, they know they maybe did something not the best. They could have done it. But, you know, two months blow by and they're like, okay, I guess it wasn't that big a deal. I learned my lesson. But then your manager brings it up and you're like, oh, God, way to make me, you know, right. I got over it. It was like a gut punch. Right. I feel terrible again. Maybe this was even worse than I realized. Maybe it's been festering for two right. months and someone else brought it up. And mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you kind of lose that relevance over the, like, two months. You may not even exactly. remember the situation. Yeah. Right. And, and I so. How can you improve, right? How can you improve? (laughs) Right. So the sooner that you bring that up, the more real time the conversation. That is so important. I'm so passionate about this topic. I'm sorry too. Yeah, you both are. I I was like, man, this could go forever. I encourage leaders as well to ask yourself though before you go into that conversation if it is one that needs to be addressing any type of feedback or actions. Ask yourself, and it's something I think that leaders don't do. Is this preference, or is this actually a requirement or an impact to the business or the customer. Mm -hmm. Ask yourself that because it matters. 
You know, I've also had that situation where I was said I, I was doing a, a presentation once in front of a very large room of people providing a training session, and um, I received feedback again from a, a past leader, great human being, but um, well, I would have had a microphone. Oh, okay. I mean, that's fair. Did you have a really hard time hearing? <laughs> well, you know, I just popped in, but I was in the very back of the room. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so was Did it you an like act- my, my blazer too? Was, was it an actual problem, yeah. right? And something that really could have benefit, you know, future moving forward sessions to be, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ask yourself. Um, is this really a, an issue? Is it something we need to talk about? Is there something to gain here? Or is mm-hmm. it simply, I would have done it a different way. However, end result would have been the same and nothing was was impacted negatively yeah. along the way. That's a really so, good point. Yeah. Uh, I think that that one's a big one. And I think as leaders, we forget that. Yeah, that oh, is yeah. a very big uh, discussion point is you have to allow the flexibility yeah. of the individuals to be themselves mm-hmm. as long as the outcome is where it, yeah. within your guidelines or maybe your metric or maybe, you know, is, as long as the method it doesn't matter the method they choose as long as the outcome yeah. is where it needs to be. Yeah. yeah. You have to realize that everybody that's working for you isn't going to accomplish everything the same way that you would. But honestly, that's what makes for a good workforce. You have different brains. You have people who go about things in different ways. And you're going to be a lot more successful that way. So don't hold people to, hey, you didn't do it my way. It's not right. Yeah. yeah. You know? and I, yeah. Just to clarify on that, I've had... Uh, several different employees that I have this type of topic and discussion with them. And, you know, during that course of their method, maybe their approach wasn't as good as it could have been to a client. Well, that's when you do have to step into the method because, you know, not to exaggerate, but you can't be rude to a client or you can't do that. You know, you can have your own methods, but you still have those overarching expectations Mm -hmm. of professionalism, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think another thing, you know, we're really talking about how do you continue to drive that forward, right? But something else that I think leaders do in conversations is we've talked about don't assume that your your way is the only way, yeah. right? Um, the because I said so mentality, mm. it's, it's not a great one anymore these days. You know, it, it's really not. Uh, I think it's really important that if allowed, now if there is a critical situation where you truly have to come in and just say, Absolutely not. You're going to have to do that, right? But take the time to get to know your people. And yes, that can happen through one-on-ones, but have group chats. Mm -hmm. You know, ask about their personal life if they're comfortable sharing those types of things with you. Get to know who they are. Because I assure you by doing so that you are going to know how to approach them in a better way. They are going to feel more comfortable with you. And though you're not trying to build a friendship here, you're, you are their leader, but you are building trust. Right. And so it's incredibly important that you try to get to know them and that you understand them and that their communication style, which is probably not the same as yours, I, I just, I hate the mentality that, well, my employee should adjust to me. No, you're the leader. You need to learn to adjust to other people, right? Mm-hmm. So you might have like 18 different personalities, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, truly. But I think that's a true strong leader is one that can adapt yeah. and adjust to other people while still being direct 
and achieving results. And that's why you're in that role, because you have that skill set and you can lead, you can adapt, you can make everybody feel like they're welcome. They're part of the team. You can manage expectations. You can train. You can develop. That's your job. Yeah. One thing that I like that you said, too, is kind of bringing two points together. You know, you're going out, you're getting to know your employees, you're working with them, talking to them. You build that level of trust, like you said. But what that does is in turns allows you to give more real-time feedback and feel more comfortable with it. You know, uh, not to take it to like a friendship level, but if we're best friends and I say, hey, I – I think you could approve here. You're going to take it much better than a complete stranger. Sure. That's like, hey, I don't like that. Right. Well, that's you know, true. so you build that level of trust and it makes it easier to give that real-time feedback. And then everybody starts growing faster. Yeah. And yeah, don't assume still... that because you're a leader that someone has to respect you. You know, that's that's yeah. another thing. I mean, you you may get that from the get-go, but you have to maintain that and earn that. Yeah. You know, it's important. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. But I, I think those are really important things to remember. But what it boils down to, you know, great topic, and we could probably go on forever. Yeah. But uh, you have to talk to your people. Yeah, you have to talk to them. You have to reiterate what those expectations are. You have to update them on where they are. If there are goals and dashboards, you know, constantly keeping them informed. Um, if you are in an environment where you don't have a way where they can gain access to this information anytime they want it, consider getting it. Uh, If it's a report right now, if you need to integrate with a software, you know, that can report out on all of this. They have a dashboard page where they can Mm -hmm. see it, you know. Um, It's really important, though, to keep people involved Mm -hmm. and and let them know where they are, how they're doing. And we have talked about the things that need to be addressed from a constructive standpoint. Tell them when they're killing it, though, too. Oh, yeah. The opposite. Don't forget that. Yeah, that's so important. Wow. You just knocked it out of the park, you know, in yeah. that presentation. And I, I loved how you really kept your cool and you just really hit hard on this point. You drew the audience in, you know, tell them those things. Yeah. Because we forget to do that a lot, too. Lauren, I think our not... guest is killing it. She is. She's, oh, she's always thanks. killing it, though. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, I almost wish you didn't bring that up because I feel like we could go another half an hour just about that and the importance of telling them when they're doing a good job, not when they necessarily need to do something differently or, or look at things a different way, but reminding them how great they're doing. I mean, think about the times that you're told you've done a great job and how it makes you feel. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're here to run a business. We're here to bring in more clients, make sales, whatever your goals are, whatever the industry you're in. But these people that work for you, they're people too. So, you know, you're a person. What would you want your boss to treat you like? You know, how would you want them to talk to you? The people that are reporting to you, they most likely want that same thing, you know? Another episode. Another episode of The Lex Factor. (laughs) No. I love this. But you guys know we like to end with a few takeaways that our our listeners can take home, put into action immediately. And one thing that really stood out for me today, Sarah, and this is probably the most obvious takeaway because it's basically what the whole episode was about, but just make sure you're setting those expectations. If -hmm. you do nothing else, go into work Monday morning next week and say, hey, these are your expectations in your job. These are your expectations for the day, the week, depending on, you know, what you're working on, the projects, how your firm runs, and just make sure they're aware of what they need to do. Yeah. 
I, th- I think mine was. I, I was going to go with expectations, oh. but uh, since you stole that, I Sorry. have to jump. No, I get to go first this, yeah. this time. No, I, I really think the important message is is really getting to know your employees, spending yeah. time with them, understanding them, uh, working with them, understanding their success is your success. That is such an important message. I think mine's a little bit of both of you. Ah. <laughs> bringing it together. Aww. So define the expectations, Yeah. I mean, get to know your people, but follow it through. There you go. Constant. You are accountable for these individuals. And as you said, their success, right? You have to see it through. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And in a leadership role, um, you, you took that on when you decided to go into that position. So own it. Right. You know, and be the best at it that you possibly can, because truly people will stay with you. They will dedicate themselves to you, and and they will ensure that your business and your law firm is successful because of it. What a closing! I, I know. I'm like, do I even do I even in the show? That was so good. She she, she actually just Sarah dropped the mic job. and walked out. She did, even though she doesn't have a mic. Oh, was it's that like a mic a, sound? I don't I think mean, it really yeah. was. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Great job. Yeah. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, but Sarah, thank you so Guys, much. Guys, thanks for, for having me. Yeah, thank you. Um, this was fun. Yeah, this was great, and I think everybody's pumped, and they have things that they can easily take into work next week and just make happen. And make changes yes. for the better, of course. Absolutely. Right. Thank, well, you, thank you, everybody. Thank yeah. you, Sarah. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to another episode of The Lex Factor. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in to The Lex Factor. Lexicon takes care of business so you can take care of law. Learn how to build a better practice at lexiconservices.com.